Welcome to the Gifts for Glory podcast, where we celebrate and promote men and women using their gifts for God's glory. Know someone who is making an impact for God's kingdom using their gifts, talents, and passions? We'd love to meet them. Send us an email at podcast at giftsforglory.com. That's podcast at gifts, the number four, glory.com. And now here is our host, Dave Ebert. Hello, friends and neighbors, and welcome to the latest edition of the Gifts for Glory podcast. Whether you're watching live on social media, on Facebook or YouTube, or you're catching us on the replay on the Creative Motion Network or listening on your favorite podcasting platform, including the Taken Television Network uh, podcast channel, thank you so much for joining us. We're really excited to have you along with us tonight or today or whatever day, uh, time of day that uh, you're tuning in. We just thank you for joining us. I want to uh, invite you, uh, as you're getting ready for your 2023 plans, uh, I humbly ask you to consider... Uh, booking well-versed comedy uh, for your next event. We're based in Chicagoland. Uh, we have a roster of 14 people. We're ready to travel and bring the, the gift of laughter and comedy to you, whether you're looking for a show, uh, for a fundraiser, for an outreach night, for a youth lock-in, for a date or marriage night. Uh, we are available for you. Just email us improv at wellversedcomedy.com, improv at wellversedcomedy.com. Or find us on social media at WellversedCMDY. Uh, we do clean comedy. We also do uh, improv workshops. Using improv as a way to improve communication, confidence, uh, self-esteem, and also just have a really great time learning how to laugh in a new way. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, contact us, again, on social media at WellversedCMDY. Or email us improv at WellversedComedy.com. Uh, we'd uh, really uh, love to talk to you about getting all that started. Uh, and also want to give a big shout out to our Patreon supporter, uh, Felicity Joy with uh, Felicity Joy Media and Black Conservative Female. Uh, you can uh, check her out on Facebook at Black Conservative Female or at Make Felicity Your LC. Uh, Felicity, thanks so much for uh, being a Patreon supporter. And if you uh, would like to support Wellverse Comedy, Gifts of Glory Ministries, this podcast and our comedy, uh, consider uh, being a Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash gifts for glory, uh, patreon.com slash gifts for glory. Uh, we'd really appreciate your support there. And then let's move on to our devotions with Dave segment uh, today. Uh, kind of like last week, not really going to do a lot of commentary, but I, I just wanted to share Luke 2, um, the birth of Jesus coming from the NLT. At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when uh, Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their ancestral hometowns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who is now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. 
Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. And uh, we are in the Christmas season. It's the advent. It's the arrival of the Christ. And he came as a lowly baby to learn and to experience and to develop that kinship with us to know what it's like to be a human. Uh, and so Jesus came to be our savior, to experience what we experience so that we would have that perfect, um, that perfect Lord, the perfect Messiah, the perfect sacrifice for our sins. So uh, this Christmas season in all the hustle and bustle, and it sounds cliche, but stop and think about the reason for the season and what we're really celebrating. We're celebrating the arrival of Christ, the Messiah, the one who came to take the sins of all mankind, who came as a baby lying in a manger and then rose up to the right hand of God the Father. So that's our Devotion with Dave segment from Luke 2. Uh, spend some time in the Word uh, this Christmas season uh, with your family and uh, your friends and gather around. And of course, remember, of course, the reason for the season. And the reason for our podcast tonight um, I guess at this time he's an author, he's a movie maker, he's a filmmaker, uh, he's uh, all over the entertainment industry. Uh, please welcome our guest at this time, uh, Mr. Ted Jordan. Ted, welcome to Gifts of Glory. Thank you, Dave, and hi, everybody. How are you? I'm good, and I'm uh, happy to have you on board. Um, I'm going to throw up your website there uh, in our pop-up so people can see it. Uh, it's CrossingJordanEntertainment.com. Uh, so, uh, tell us about Crossing Jordan Entertainment and some of the different projects that uh, you've been a part of. Well, Crossing Jordan Entertainment came as a concept many years ago. Uh, it's uh, my wife and I's production company, and uh, we're a consumer of entertainment just like everybody else. Uh, but most importantly, we're more consumers of, or we would like to be more consumers of faith based and even with the family friendly part you even have to be careful with that from the world system because they throw in everything that's anti-christ and try to make it into a family so you know we want to make it uh faith-based christ-based in everything that we do and what i've seen dave over time is certain things in uh the christian entertainment part of this thing lack comedy as you were talking about improvisation comedy we lack that in filmmaking in television series and so on we have a lot of drama but if all we have in life is drama my goodness you know mm-hmm. that's a that's a tough road to hold there so right. we want to make comedies and and again the sinister truth uh that you had alluded to earlier in our correspondence um is um a comedy it, and i wrote it to be funny first, then the message. So, you know, if it's not funny, it's it's no, you know, you're trying to be funny or pretend to be funny, 
we want to be funny. So what I like to say is this, um, it, it, the Sinister Truth started out as a webcast and that's what we started out as. And I wanted to, I want to eventually make it into an actual series. So it's a cross between say Judge Judy or Judge Mathis meets In Living Color. So oh, nice. we, we go against um, the political correctness or what's called woke nowadays because they changed the name, they're rebranding themselves, but it's the same case, the same mess, and it's just getting worse. So we wanna, we wanna you know, punch, the, punch the, uh, the political correctness folks in the face with serious you know, comedy along with a, a serious message that goes along with what we're talking about. And uh, if you want to find out more about uh, the Sinister Truth, uh, crossingjordanentertainment.com slash the-sinister-truth. It'll be in our show notes as well. Um, and then uh, you've also got another project uh, that's on the website. It's The Restorer. Um, and one of the things that, that really spoke to me on your uh, website and in your mission is it's not about just doing faith-based because it's very easy just to label faith-based or, or Christian content. Uh, but you want to do it with excellence. And it's something that we do with Walverse comedy is that we serve a God of excellence. So we should serve or strive to be as excellent as he is. Uh, obviously we can't reach his levels, but we can certainly strive and certainly aspire to those levels. Yeah, absolutely. It should always be a spirit of excellence. And that's another complaint that I have in reference to us overall as filmmakers and, you know, makers of content. We, we you know, well, we're doing it for Jesus. So, you know, it's second, third, fourth rate stuff. It's not very well shot. It's not very well written. It's not very well acted most of the time. And, you know, it's just really pathetic to sit there and watch when Hollywood lets it all hang out uh, creatively which isn't all bad, but now it's, you know, the, and the Christian folks just kind of sit back in the corner, you know, Oh, I'll be glad when Jesus comes back, but we're going to try our very best. It's like, mm-hmm. no, the, the Bible says that we're 10 times better than anything the world has to offer. Why? Because we, we are warring Christians, not just, you know, a mealy mouth, uh, limp wrist, so uh, we lost Ted there. Uh, we've had a little bit of trouble with connection. I think uh, Satan is playing a little bit with our connection. But uh, I do want to encourage you to visit uh, CrossingJordanEntertainment.com. Check out his projects. And uh, just to continue to his point, um, we live in a, a world where we believe in the ultimate creator uh, and we're made in his image. So we should be just as creative as the creator. Uh, so Ted is back with us. Let me bring him back up. Uh, so Ted, uh, we mit, uh, lost you a mid sentence there. Uh, you just continue on your point about um, you know why you think that it's important for Christians to strive to be excellent and not just good enough. Well, the Bible tells us, Dave, that we should be taking back ground. We should be destroying the works of the devil in our oikos, in in our world, in our world of influence. Uh, we should not be conforming to the world system. Uh, Romans 12, 2 tells us. So if whatever it is, and, and you and I both know, your calling is in the entertainment industry, but you're also, in our talking before we got on camera, you, you now have the opportunity to branch off into other 
ways to minister and use your gifts, talents, and abilities to do that in an excellent way. It's not about perfection. It's about doing the Lord's work the way he's called us to do it in our own uh, personality, uh, not to be somebody else, but to be ourselves, as self God has made us to be. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing I was bringing, just as I was bringing it back up, is you know God is the ultimate creator. He spoke an entire universe into existence. Yes. We're made in his image, so we have just as much power in our words Obviously on a smaller scale, but we still have that kind of a power and ability because we're in his image. We are like our father and we should understand and respect that power and that gift that he's given us and not abuse it. And I look at Christians and I think that there's a lot that think it's good enough for the church, but I'm somebody that I believe that it should not be good enough. It should be good because we serve a father who is good, who does things that are good. We should be just like that, and we should strive for that. Yeah, we he, he does things excellently, and he does it perfectly. Now, the perfect part, we're broken vessels. So we're right. not going to do it perfectly, but we should be doing it to the very best of our ability. And here's what I mean when I say that. We should continue to educate ourselves in marketing, in promoting, in writing. I mm-hmm. wasn't the, I, I'm not the same writer I was in 2003 than I am in 2022. I know a whole lot more now than I knew back then. So we should be constantly educating ourselves, constantly finding mentors in the industry in how to be excellent in what we do. I get it. The first time I shot The Sinister Truth, um, it was on a skeleton crew. We weren't paying people. It was on a voluntary basis. Um, and, you know, but it's a proof of concept and what we're looking to do to move forward so when I do have a budget to put this together and pay everyone, it's really going to be good because especially with what's going on now in our society, the sinister truth, in my opinion, is needed now more so than ever that we can laugh at the wickedness, but also encourage to step up and stand out boldly and say enough of this crap and garbage. We're not going to put up with this. We're not going to be canceled by you. We can't be canceled by you. Only God can cancel us. And once our assignment is done, then, you know, then our then we'll retire. Then we're finished. The devil can't cancel us. Right. And so with the sinister truth, it sounds to me like it's something where we're not mocking or belittling the evil, but we're laughing at it because we know we have the victory. We're laughing for a place of joy and power. Am I kind of getting the, the gist? Yeah, we we don't we don't. Um, how can I put this? We don't. You know, we put a stranglehold on, on on the wicked, and yeah, we do make fun of the of, of the wicked because it's stupid, um, <laughs> it's idiotic, um, and you know they're trying to push the narrative that this is the new normal. So you know we have our sword sharpened, if you will, in reference to it being poignant comedy. Um, you know, it's Jesus offended all the time. And he, when he offended, he offended with the truth of the word of God. So if, there, if anybody's going to be offended, it's going to be because of the truth. And then, yeah, we're going to poke fun at people who want to dress up like a woman and then pretend like a man and then walk into the woman's bathroom and all that kind of stuff. That's foolishness. And, and you're giving into the soul in, in reference to that in your mind, soul and, and in your emotions. So when they try to push this off as, it's okay. 
and they're trying to indoctrinate our children. It's a time for us to sit back. Well, we love you. Yeah, we love you because God says he, he, Jesus came to die on the cross for the sins of all mankind. But he doesn't sit there and wink an eye and say, well, you know, it's okay that, you know, the two men are getting married to women. No, he says it's an abomination to him. So these are harsh words. These are poignant words and serious to, you know, to take God seriously when he destroys Sodom and Gomorrah. And, you know, he didn't leave anything standing in reference to that. So in the comedy, it's funny. I make sure it's funny. I use my humor. And initially when I started that, as you know, Dave, you know, when you put your comedy, your brand of comedy on the line, you're exposing yourself. Yeah. You know, so it's like you're not sure how people are going to take it, but you know, there are people who think just like you do. You know, there are people out there who believe like you do. So all you need to do is really by faith, step out of the boat and then find your audience. Yeah, absolutely. And in this day and age, it's so important to find laughter that's not um, belittling or hurtful or um, taking advantage of other people. I mean, obviously, like we're telling you, you're laughing at evil because evil is kind of dumb because you've already lost. We've seen the last chapter. We know that you're going to lose. Right. Uh, it's just your pride or your arrogance or your, your foolishness is keeping you from the real truth. Um, but we need laughter where we can not, where it's not looking down on somebody that's hurting or, or causing hurt or causing um, some sort of marginalization of somebody. And uh, and pure laughter, laughing at what makes us human, what makes us goofy kids in God's family. That's what we need. And uh, so it's exciting to see anybody that's that's looking for that. Absolutely. Yeah, we're not. And and as a minister, I am not interested in devaluing people or being Mm -hmm. disrespectful. But I'm not going to I'm a fighter, so I'm not going to sit back and let you indoctrinate me and tell me that your sin is right and I'm wrong because I'm trusting I'm trusting in the Lord and what he says to be right. So, again, I'm not I'm, I'm a warrior because God has called us to war. And so we war with comedy. We war with action adventure. We war you know, with drama. And just just like Hollywood does, Hollywood does an excellent job in reference to marketing, promoting, production value, acting. And the Christian in the body of Christ is still like behind in reference to this. We have spots here and, and spots there, but we're still pretty much behind the curve in reference to uh, the production value and the storytelling. Yeah. And. But the great thing is we're catching up in some ways. Uh, the Kendrick brothers, their film qualities are getting better. Uh, the Chosen is doing really well at production value. And uh, also you've got shows like Vindication that are doing well with, with production value and storytelling. So it's nice to see that there's a few that are out there that are competing. But again, right. we're not on the same level as Hollywood. And the, the way technology is, you could shoot on a on an updated iphone just as well as some of the hollywood cameras so you can't talk it's budget this budget that it's technique it's storytelling it's commitment to let's get this right and not let's just get it done right 
well, we're just doing it for the glory of God. And, you know, so what? It's not edited perfectly. It's not edited right. It's not written very well. You know, um, <laughs> you know, those days are just they're just so tired. And that's yeah. unfortunately uh, the people that you mentioned, the Kendrick brothers and uh, Dallas Jenkins, uh, excellent work in reference to The Chosen. Um, I haven't had a chance to really sit down and watch all of it because I just don't have time. Mm-hmm. Um, and but what I've seen, excellent work. And we need a, we need a whole bunch more of that. And that's what Crossing Jordan Entertainment is all about. So let's uh, uh, transition a little bit over to the uh, the book, and I also believe it's going to be a feature film uh, soon. Uh, the Restorer uh, looks like you got the cover right or the cover of the book right there. Uh, tell us uh, about the uh, the Restorer and uh, and uh, how you uh, came up with the story of this uh, faith based supernatural action adventure political thriller. Okay, so it really started out as a screenplay. I had the concept. Uh, in 2007, and this is before Barack Obama became uh, the first black president of the United States. And the thing of it is, is there were a lot of people euphoric about this possibility at the time, but nobody was asking the questions. What does he stand for? Mm-hmm. Is he, you know, wh- who is he? What is he really about? Because nobody knew a lot about him. He was a junior senator out of Illinois. So he didn't have a lot of experience in the political realm. Now, all of a sudden, he's thrust into the national spotlight and he's marketed and promoted. He and his family, the, the wonderful people and and so on and so forth, which they could be. But their politics suck it, in reference to, you know, conservative Christian values. Uh, there was none of that when he got into the White House. I remember uh, listening to him do an interview with Rick Warren before he became president, asking about the issue of abortion. And he says, well, it's above my pay grade. That's mm-hmm. a red flag, you yeah. know, but then you come to find out what he really stood for. Yeah. He's born babies. He stands for homosexual rights. Um, you know, he doesn't stand for anything Christian uh, in the reference to Christians. Christians need to get off their high horse. So when, you know, he was running for office, no one was asking the real questions, especially the body of Christ. Uh, everybody was so, because he's going to be the first black and, and, and this, that, and the other, and so on and so forth. I said, but what does he stand for? Oh, we don't care. I had friends who did not care what he stood for. Just, just get him in there because he's going to be black. And he's going to take care of us. Like, really? You know, what does the Bible say? What, why aren't you taking care of your own business, handling your own this one man, no matter who gets into the White House, is not going to clean your house unless you clean it yourself. Right. So that's mm-hmm. where the concept came in. I didn't want it dated, though. So I made instead of male, female president. Nice. And one of the things is you're talking about uh, President Obama. I think there was an intentional nature about kind of keeping a mystery because if he's a mystery and you don't know everything about him, that people are allowed to ascribe their own hopes to this guy and to pin hopes on him that were unrealistic, but because there is no factual things to counteract that everybody that voted for him had their own hopes, their own ideas. And it, in many ways, they, uh, they paid a price for that belief, but, but yeah, it's, it is kind of interesting to think that so many Christians bought into the hype of 
this guy, we got it. We got to prove that we're not this. So let's vote for somebody that we don't know. And, right. And we're, and it's, it's kind of a, a sad commentary that the church is, is just as susceptible to that as anybody else that will buy the, the hype just so that we don't get painted into a corner. Right. And that's the power of deception, the restore the power of deception, because when you're not adhering to what the word of God says, now you're just open to your feelings and what you think is right, but it isn't right. Mm-hmm. And and that's what it was. So, you know, the media, again, is a whole lot worse now than it was back then. But back then, uh, if you said his middle name, Hussein Obama, Barack Hussein Obama, oh, you're a racist and you should never say that. Why not? He's going to be the servant of the people, potentially. But you don't want us to say his middle name and then dig deep into his background that maybe he wasn't born here, which means he would be ineligible uh, to be president. And then, you know, all this other stuff that went along with it. Um, Nobody wanted to delve into that or they wanted to completely dismiss it. So the church, um, the media was complicit in this. Um, and, you know, church leaders, certain church leaders in black communities were complicit in all of this. So they didn't want, you know, we just got to get them in there, mm-hmm. you know, which was crazy. It was nonsense. And, and then and then you got what you got. Change we can believe in. Well, what's the change? Right. What kind of change are you talking about? And it wasn't the change that we really wanted. Right. So. Your book, uh, The Restorer, it was written before all this happened. How much of what you wrote in The Restorer kind of felt like prophetic as you saw this happen in uh, 2008 and 2012? Well, it also caused me, Dave, to um, to delve into how easily our um, electoral system could be manipulated. All and, and you saw that in 2020. Yeah. So anybody paying attention to what happened in 2020 to now, you know, you saw exactly every single um, backstop that was in place that was supposed to prevent corruption completely failed. The legislative branch, the judicial branch, the executive branch, everything failed in reference to that. Nobody wanted to touch this. It's like, okay, we, we have four years of prosperity. And we have, you know, some of the greatest things happening in our country that has never happened before. Energy independence, uh, you know, historical black colleges being given money for several you know, decades, well, not several decades, but at least 10 years and not having to come back to it. But the guy's a racist and he's, uh, you know, he's a Nazi. And, and it's like all this other stuff. And it's like, that's not true. But most people were not interested in doing any research. So, mm-hmm. again... When you just sit back and let the media vomit into you, whatever orchestra you with, but you do no research. And especially if you're a believer, you do not filter that through the word of God. That's where the deception comes in at. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, t- take us through the your kind of the overview, because obviously you don't want to give the book away. Well, right. Tell us, uh, uh, you know, the the story behind the restore. So you have a conservative uh, female uh, woman of color that is now elected as a conservative president 
Uh, so tell us uh, a little bit more about how she rises to power and uh, what uh, what might be the actual truth about her rise. Well, the actual truth of her rise, again, mirrors what happened with Barack Obama. So we go back to his or her backstory. And, OK, was he really born here? Um, was she really born here? Hmm. Uh, according to all the you know promotional uh, vehicles that are out there, um, again, they don't completely and totally mirror each other, but they have similarities, too. Right. So they get questioned. They lead to the question of, was she really born here? And if she wasn't, then she couldn't possibly run for the highest office in the land. Was the birth certificate uh, doctored? You know, um, but nobody really, they, they ask the question, but nobody delves into what, what really goes on. So again, the media ignores it and, co and continues to promote her into this position because they want her in. And so the African-American community wanted her in. So nobody really cared about what he or she stood for at that time. So it really mirrors the, uh, the, the journey that Barack Obama took from his beginnings to becoming president and hers mirrors uh, very similar, uh, the very similar path to that because nobody wanted to ask the important questions and challenge her in reference to that. And if they did, they were labeled racists, bigots, um, you know, Muslimophobe or whatever kind of cute little phrases and words they want to make up to shut you up so you don't ask the real important questions. Mm. So that book is now out. Uh, what's the best way to find it? Is it uh, uh, through your website or is there, can you find it on Amazon? Yes, you can uh, go to our website. You can get uh, get it from us directly. It's the restorer, the power of deception dot com. So that's where you go to get the restorer, the power of deception dot com. You can order the ebook or the printed book, which is this lovely book right here, and uh, we'll send it to you. Um, it is also available in other stores um, online. The ebook is. So, but the printed book, you can get that from us uh, directly through our website. You can also email me, Jordan at the restorer, the power of deception.com. And I also do a vlog on Facebook uh, through Crossing Jordan Entertainment on, uh, on YouTube. Oh, very good. So, uh, pick up the book, grab it, and support. Now, uh, we did talk a little bit before we came on, on the, uh, the broadcast that. Uh, you're in the uh, beginning stages of a sequel of, of uh, another uh, uh, episode of, of The Restorer. Uh, what can you share about the uh, the sequel? Well, the second book um, has to do with, it's called The Restorer, uh, Innocence Trapped in the Sexual Wheel of Death is what it's called. And it has to do with sex trafficking. So the Vector 5 team, which is the good guys of the storyline, uh, they go in and infiltrate um, uh, the HSM, the human stock market, is what it's called. It's kind of like um, Jeffrey Epstein and his ilk, you know, so the restorer team has to infiltrate that uh, with the power of deception. The apparatus are the antagonists or the bad guys, the terrorists um, in, in the book for the second, uh, the first book, rather. Wow. And, and that's so uh, poignant for now because uh, sex trafficking, human trafficking is 
one of the highest grossing industries in the world today. And as I mentioned to you, one of the things that shocked me uh, six years ago when I learned about it is the Super Bowl is the world's largest, largest sex trafficking event because you have millions of people from around the world. Many are wealthy, well-connected. Uh, they're coming to get entertained, and they're also coming to uh, basically, like you said, the human stock market. Uh, they're buying and selling, and there's so much going on, so much craziness that it's easy to get lost in plain sight. So people don't see who's being bought and sold and, and, and traveled around the world. And you brought up Jeffrey Epstein. So much has happened since he went to jail. It's not a far stretch to wonder if it's all connected because he was among the most well-connected people on the world, in, in on the planet. And his documents could really put some people in a lot of precarious positions. So it, it's not hard to think that maybe a lot of the people that we voted for this past November or a couple years ago that are in office now are his former clients. Uh, so well, yeah, I, the Clintons. The Clintons are involved. It seems that uh, that what is uh, uh, Microsoft? What's his guy? What, what's his name? Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, Bill Gates. Uh, there's a myriad of people who have taken a trip uh, several times uh, to Jeffrey Epstein's island. And you know, it doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat or not. Evil is evil, and it needs to be vanquished. The problem that we're having nowadays is that people are seemingly getting away with murder, literally now. They're getting away with their corruption. They're getting away with it. So, you know, um, the checks and balances, the way God had designed the government to be, is to punish the wicked and protect the innocent. Uh, those that are serving us are not doing a very good job of it in reference to that. Right. Absolutely. So I want to encourage everyone to, uh, again, go to uh, crossingjordanentertainment.com. Uh, look for the, the books. Look for the show, uh, The Sinister Truth. And uh, uh, just uh, follow uh, Ted and, and all he and his wife's work in, with Crossing Jordan Entertainment. Uh, but, Ted, right now I want to transition into what's my favorite segment of every show, and that's the uh, testimony where I ask each guest to share your story. Uh, did you grow up in a Christian home? How did you find uh, your your way to Christ uh, in your life? Yeah, um, no, I did not grow up in a Christian home. We went to church, uh, grew up in the Catholic church initially, uh, then went to the Methodist church. And then, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, but there was no church in the home at all. You know, er everything else went literally except for Jesus Christ. Now, we celebrated Christmas like everybody else. Uh, but there was no real relationship with Christ in the home at all mm. until um, a friend of mine, Liz Roberts, when I was in high school, uh, she sat me down in her basement and, you know, she shared the gospel with me back in 1978. All I knew, Dave, was that I didn't want to die in my sins and go to hell. That's all I knew. Uh, mm. I didn't have any more concept other than that. Um, they were trying to disciple me back then through Campus Crusade for Christ. I don't even know if that's still around anymore, but um, it was uh, it was it was eye opening because I had never ever been around um, other believers like that. As a matter of fact, I met uh, Steve Camp there. I don't even know if you remember who he, he who he is, uh, Christian artist. 
um, got his first album there and, and so on. But um, it, it was cool. But once I left Chicago and came back to St. Louis, I'm thinking ignorantly, I'm the only Christian in St. Louis. There's no more <laughs> Christians here. Because <laughs> you don't have any anything at home as a firm foundation in Christ other than just showing up to church. Right. So, you know, I'm thinking, my, I don't have any Christian friends. I, so you get attached to certain people. Um, <laughs> uh, so I got hooked up with the Baptist church. And then, you know, so you got to speak in tongues in order to prove. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of confused teaching going on. So, so like for, for like five years or so, you know, I kind of backed off from it. And I just kind of went, you know, like every other teenager and young adult, I got into, you know, certain troubles and things like that and sexually active and all this other stuff because I just didn't have anybody to really serious. Oh. All right. Uh, looks like we got uh, interrupted on his uh, connection there. We'll uh, bring him back on in just a moment. I uh, want to just remind you uh, to, to get connected with uh, Ted on his website at uh, CrossingJordanEntertainment.com. And uh, we'll uh, bring him back in now. Uh, so, Ted, sorry about that. We lost you again, but uh, you're in the middle of. Yeah, the uh, devil really hates us talking about this. So, yeah, <laughs> so, um, so it took several years before I actually got on track with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And um, I had heard this, uh, and you probably don't even recognize these guys, but um, this group called Passage. Uh, have you heard the word? It came out in 1980 or 81. And uh, it was the Brothers Johnson and an Arbor, Arbor, uh, their wife, Valerie, who formed this group. And um, I heard this song one, at one night. You know, I'm getting up out of bed with my then girlfriend. And then I hear the second night. And have you heard the word? Better get with it now. The Lord is waiting. Hear me now. And I was like, you know what? Um, I need to get back on track with, with you. And I don't know really how to do that. I need a Christian girlfriend. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. the Lord deals with you right where you are. And right. um, again, it took me, you know, a little while. And then I actually found, you know, a Christian young lady who I thought I was going to marry at the time. Uh, her father, who helped mentor me, who, who you know, exposed me through a lot of Christian teaching and commentaries, uh, commentary, uh, comment, commentators uh, at the time through KSIV here in St. Louis, and uh, which I actually got my first job in radio at eventually in 86. And um, then I started just, my life started to transform because I was more and more exposed to the word of God and, and what he said for me to do. And so I was more and more interested in that. I started to move away from, you know, my unsaved friends and the young lady I thought I was going to marry didn't quite happen, but the relationship with the Lord remained. And mm -hmm. so I continued to, you know, to seek out mentors. The Lord would bring people in to teach me how to be the man that he's called me to be and the husband that I wanted to be that I did not see in the four marriages and divorces that my mother had. So mm -hmm. I'm interested in what God has for me. Although it's, at times you don't know how to ask for it, but you're just like open. It's like, well, Lord, you know, I'm just open. I don't know how to go about doing this. I'm just, I'm just open. 
And so, you know, he, again, once again, brings people in to mentor, to love on you and to point you in the right direction. And, um, 1988, you know, from the time I broke up with, um, my fiance in 86. And then two years later, I met my wife and now we've been married for 34 years now. Nice. So that's awesome. It's, it's incredible how God brings people in our lives and we think we figure him out. And, uh, it's, I don't know if you ever watched pro wrestling, but, uh, uh, Roddy (laughs) Piper used to, uh, say, um, just when you figure out all the answers, I start changing the questions. And, and that's kind of how God tends to work. Like just when we think we've got him figured out, he's like, no, no, just, just keep following me. I've got this. Yeah. So um, the, yeah. Uh, the young lady that witnessed to you in high school, are you still in contact with her? Do you know each other still? I have not seen Liz since um, 1978. Hmm. Not seen him since because we had moved back to St. Louis in the summer of 78. And then I went back to visit my friends back because uh, I used to go to a Harry D. Jacobs High School in, um, in Ogonquin, Illinois. So mm-hmm. so we lived in Chicago for 10 years. We lived in uh, on the south side near Kaminsky Park in mm-hmm. like 68. Then we moved to Carpentersville, Illinois in 1970. And then um went through, you know, elementary school, middle school, and then high school. And then I left Jacobs at the end of my sophomore year and then came back here in St. Louis. Oh, wow. So you've been up and down uh, I-55 quite a bit. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Especially in New Orleans, because we lived there for 16 years too. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're, you're a globetrotter. Uh, Because I'm actually, I'm in Chicago now uh, in uh, Joliet, actually. Okay. So uh, that's my, uh, it's my stomping grounds, my my hometown. I was born here, raised in Virginia, but moved back here about nine years ago. Okay. All uh, right. Chicago's always going to be home for me. No matter how evil or dark it gets, it's still my home. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it, it's, it's got a dark cloud over it right now. That's for sure. But it's God is still well able. Yes, he is. I'm just waiting for, you know, I think that Chicago has two or three Abrahams on, on the city city line. Uh, interceding like, God, if we find one righteous person in the city, don't destroy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got a stronghold in the in the governor and the governor and in the in the mayor there and probably in a lot of other places, you know, in, in government. But I believe um, even in these last days that God has people strategically placed at such a time as this mm-hmm. uh, to do his will his way. Absolutely. So in your story, um, when did entertainment, uh, writing, uh, everything, you, you mentioned being on radio, but when did entertainment start to become something that was a part of your life? And when did it become your ministry? Well, I, um, as I think back, I started writing when I was like in elementary school, middle school, I, started writing my own comic books, you know, one or two, whatever. Um, I wrote my first play uh, in middle school and, um, you know, nothing, (laughs) nothing worthy of, you know, any kind of awards or anything, certainly. Uh, But, you know, that's where the writing, I guess, started. And, you know, I didn't continue on with it until I actually got into radio and I started writing promos and stuff like that. 
and didn't realize until like, oh, three, I really had a proclivity for writing. So um, the entertainment, I've been in mixed course, you know, for several years since elementary school, all the way through high school. And um, I was Curly McLean in Oklahoma in high school, stuff like that. So I really enjoyed live entertainment. And uh, that was cool. I've done live theater before, which is also wonderful. But I really had more of a of a love for uh, TV and movies. So that's really where I gravitated more toward as an actor, uh, voiceover artist. I got into radio because I wanted to be the next Mel Blanc. Now, I don't know if you know who he is, but yeah, oh, what yeah. a phenomenal guy. Oh, my God. This guy was so incredibly talented. I wanted to be him, man, but I, I never I never got to that level. But um, I have enjoyed um, a measure of success in voiceover work and, and on camera acting and stuff like that. So I've really been a very blessed person in reference to that. Very nice. That's awesome. Uh, and I, I believe, if I, I understand correctly, that you are available for hire for, uh, for acting as well as producing. Uh, what's the best way that somebody could get in contact with you if they're interested uh, in uh, uh, your video, film, or, or vo- voiceover acting? Uh, kingsvoice.com is where you can go and check out um, my voiceover website, uh, King's Voice, A kingsvoice.com uh, where you can go there um, you can contact me crossingjordan300 at yahoo.com um, for other things but for voiceover uh, for acting um, it's tedjordan300 at yahoo.com in reference to and things of that nature and uh, CC Jordan who I'm assuming is uh, your better half uh, has chimed in with the um, the uh, website at kingsvoice.com. Uh, hi, CC. How are you? And then she's also sharing, this is the other uh, link, the re- the restorer, the power of deception.com uh, is the uh, website to find out more about the, uh, the book and uh, um, the series of uh, the restorer, the power of deception.com. Uh, so, uh, Cece, thanks for joining us. And now, uh, Cece, I think you might get to know your husband just a little bit better as we're going to dive into our uh, first of two final segments. Uh, this is called The Interrogation. It's seven random questions that otherwise would not have fit in the rest of our conversation. Uh, so here we go. Uh, first One of question. my favorite series of all time, though, by the way. Oh, Law & Order? You like it? Yeah. <laughs> I watched too much of it and I started to realize I'm really understanding these criminals way too much. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so I stopped watching, but uh, our first interrogation question, what makes you laugh other than awkward transitions in a podcast? What makes me laugh? Um, wow. That's an interesting question. Um that's interesting, Dave. I haven't been asked that before. Um, I don't know. Uh, the wickedness of, 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 of evil going on, that makes me more upset. That makes me more wanting to fight than anything and get mad. But uh, what what humors me? Um, good Other people that make me laugh. Um, Eddie Murphy is an excellent uh, comedian. Um, let's see. There's, there's others out there. Dave Chappelle, again. 
uh, minus all the cursing. And so these guys are these guys are on top of their game when it comes to uh, being humorous. Um, I like good storytelling that makes me laugh, that makes me think differently, because uh, people with a sense of humor are more serious thinkers mm-hmm. and they observe things. So, you know, not just, you know, and, and again, you know, you've probably been accused of being uh, some kind of idiot because you have a, a sense of humor and you make people laugh. But, you know, people don't think you think deeply about things. But when you have a humor, a sense of humor uh, or you're a comedian, you observe, you watch and then you have that gift to be able to make something funny. Yeah. So, you know, it could be just about anything. Um, well, not just about anything, but uh, that's an interesting question. Nobody's ever asked that of me before. Okay, so, all right, can I phone a friend or something? Well, uh, speaking of phoning a friend, uh, Cece says that she makes you laugh. She does. Uh, my son does make me laugh because he's uh, he got his sense of humor from me. Uh, my wife does make me laugh. Uh, they, my family, uh, are very funny people. So yeah, we we have a good time together. Absolutely, very nice. So uh, you're Ted, he's uh, Theo. So is he a junior? Well, actually, he's technically the third, even though his okay. his middle name is different from my father's. So, Got it. Yeah. All right. So uh, question number two, uh, what's your favorite comfort food? Oh, man, really? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like key lime pie. Hmm. Very good. Uh, peanut butter ice cream. Um, I like just about anything peanut butter. Reese's is one of my favorites. Uh, nobody does, you know, the combination of, you know, peanut butter. <laughs> She's saying <laughs> sugar, but no, it's not all sugar. It's not all sugar. But uh, unless it's you, sugar. You know, yeah, man, I was going to say, is, is it her sugar or just sugar in general? <laughs> oh man, not just any sugar, but you know, I have to be careful with that because you know, yeah, what that can do for you. That's not, you know, necessarily always good for you, but yeah, ice cream. I like certain ice creams, peanut butter, um, Reese's, you know, good key lime pie. I like making my own ice cream so I can, you know, make all kinds of different flavors with it. So yeah. Well, I did not know until uh, our conversation that, uh, uh, that you're you got Chicago roots, so I have to ask: uh, Giordano's, uh, Luminati's, or Beggars? You know what? I, I don't even know what those are, honestly, because <laughs> oh, no. uh, the roots the roots don't go that deep. Um, okay. Again, you know, not being in the city, you know, that long or. Um, cause we were, again, we were like in the County. So, um, I couldn't even tell you because I've, I haven't been back to Chicago. Uh, I flew through there a couple of months ago, but as far as visiting the city, we haven't been back since like 89. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, CC likes thin crust. Absolutely. Cause I turned her on to it. She didn't know anything about thin crust before I turned her on to thin crust. So yeah, she 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 loves a thin crust, um, but yeah, I'm a Bears fan, Bulls fan, you know. Um, but I like the Cardinals too, which and I like the Cubs. So you know, I'm a I, I'm I'm somewhat of an enigma to the Cardinals fans. But it's like I don't care. I you know I like what I like. It's like 
I like country music too. I like, you know, the rock and country, just like I like uh, George Clinton and P-Funk. So, you know, it, yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> well, she's a Steelers fan, so she's in the AFC, so that's fine. Yeah, you know, she can stay there. They, they, they've done some good work. But being a Cubs fan and a Cardinals fan, you know, the Bible talks about the double-minded man. So, you, you know, you have to repent. <laughs> well, just, just, pray, just pray for me, Dave. Just pray for me. <laughs> All right, question number three. Uh, with whom do you most identify in Scripture? Joseph. Uh, the uh, the one that was uh, Old Testament Joseph? or Yeah, yeah okay. the guy who gets betrayed by his family. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a vision. They don't have it. He has favor with his father. The brothers hate him for it. Um, he goes through all the trial and tribulation. Uh, but he remains faithful to God and God just blesses him tremendously mm-hmm. as a result of his faithfulness. So yeah, it had to be Joseph. Yeah. And I, uh, I was uh, at a, uh, we talked about uh, my involvement with sex trafficking uh, survivors. I was at a graduation of uh, women who survived sex trafficking and are uh, uh, graduating a program for rehabilitation and getting on their feet. And I spoke about the story of Joseph and how, um, you know, like these women, he was betrayed by people that should have protected him. Uh, his brother should have right. protected him and, you know, and brought him up and said, you know, you shouldn't be talking this way and, you know, teach him how to be a man instead of just getting rid of him. Where many right. of these women were sold and bought by people that should have protected them, by parents, by siblings, by boyfriends or husbands. So it's a, it's a powerful story that uh, even Five thousand years later, can really still speak to us to uh, tell us about trusting in God in all circumstances. Yeah, and about forgiveness. Um, you know, because people, so many people carry around mm-hmm. uh, anger and frustration and bitterness and resentment, and you know, it, it does you no good. It just cooks you from the inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have all these diseases uh, that the Drugs, really, the only thing that helps you with is adhering to what the Word of God says and doing what He says for you to do. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's move on to question number four. Uh, What's a talent you have that few people have seen? Singing. Oh, nice. Uh, What do you like to sing? Um, I like to sing, uh, you know, some slow jams, uh, you know, uh, I like to sing contemporary, some Nat King Cole, uh, uh, you know, just, I enjoy singing, but, uh, I don't do it publicly. Um, I just haven't done it in years. I just enjoy, you know, you know, in the car and, and stuff like that. I, I have a nice, um, uh, but I just, you know don't do it on a regular basis. I, I certainly don't do it publicly. Well, apparently uh, you did sing at your wedding and that's something that, uh, that Mrs. Jordan really appreciates. Yes, we did. I did serenade her and, and dip her at the wedding. I certainly did do that. Nice. And she says, you sound good. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not a bad singer. It's just, I don't do it, you know, professionally. And I know people who do, who are just, you know, excellent at their craft. Um, but if I had, if I spend more time with it, yeah, I could probably, but I'm not really called to do it. 
I just, you know, praise him and I enjoy certain songs that I like to sing and that's what I do. Nice. Next question is going to be, uh, what keeps you up at night? As far that's kind of a general question. So is it something that, um, like worry or doubt or is it what? Worry, doubt, anything that, uh, you're concerned about for the future. Nothing. Nothing. Um, because the Bible tells us to worry for nothing. Oh, well, yeah, that, 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 no, that doesn't keep me up. It wakes me up. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I have to nudge her, like almost pushing her off the bed, you know, to get her to stop. It's funny how she stops though. When I, you know, when I get up and go to use the bathroom, she stops then. (laughs) Then when I get back in, it starts all over again, like some kind of, you know, rotten symphony. But, you know, it's. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she must have pulled the plug on that one because uh, uh, we lo- we lost Ted again. Uh, so let me uh, get the other. I got two more questions and then the uh, wise counsel. Uh, all right. We got Ted back. So uh, I was saying it looks like that uh, when you're talking about her snoring, she pulled the plug on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want we don't want to be exposed too much. <laughs> So I got two more questions and then the wise counsel. So number six, okay. uh, if you if you could go back and relive a moment, whether that's something that you regret and you want to fix or something that was a moment that you just want to live again, uh, what is that moment? Uh, to remain sexually pure. Mm. Yeah. Had that door remained, it wouldn't have uh, caused, my, if I understood what they really meant. And and I say this as a cautionary tale to up and coming parents, uh, whatever your child sees you doing, they're the, you're the God that they see in the household. Mm-hmm. So whatever they, whatever you're emulating, uh, whatever you're doing, they're going to do the, the old saying, uh, do as I say, not as I do does not work. Mm-hmm. Um, they're looking for guidance. They're looking for leadership. And in a sex crazed world that we're that's even now more intensified, uh, knowing what the word of God says and really understanding that that's what I would have changed. Yeah. And yeah. And for me, I think I think every man of God would say the same thing that if they had a choice, they would go back and fix how sexually active they were because it just creates baggage for who you're meant to be with. It it creates expectations and uh, ideas that, uh, that are just unfair. Yeah. And you just, you don't realize the consequences behind it. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, you know, pornography was okay at home. And so, you know, you, you saw your mother sleeping with somebody else. that wasn't your father and all this other kind of stuff. And they're not even thinking how that that's going to affect you. But when you see them do it, you think it's okay. Right. That's a good answer. I appreciate that. And the final question, the interrogation, what would mark your life's work a success? That the people around me that I had the opportunity to touch for God's glory, to, to set them free in whatever they were bound by, to have them delivered from whatever it is that God is, is looking to deliver them from. 
because there were so many people are bound, Dave, by so many different things and they're bound by things for decades. Mm-hmm. It took me decades to be set free from pornography because it was introduced in my home um, when I was very young. And I wasn't even looking for it, but when I when I ran across that image, my stepfather underneath the hamper, just mm-hmm. having to look at it, and all of a sudden, it was like it was like a drug. And so right. it took years before that that was I was delivered from that. So that's what I try to do for people to deliver them, to set them free, like Jesus did for me. Yeah. Amen. All right, so you survived the interrogation. Uh, let me ask oh, no, you, brother, brother. I, I thrived in the interrogation. <laughs> yes, you did. Amen. <laughs> so the final question I ask every guest is: for anyone that looks to step up and use their gifts for God's glory, what is your wise counsel? Do not be intimidated by the fools of this world. Mm. This world is lost and dying, and there are people around who need to hear the gospel, who need to hear the good news, and they need to see it lived out in your life. Not you just talking about it, but they need to see the evidence of God living through your life. You are the true light, the true salt, not just some religious clown trying to pretend like, you know, they're holy or they're faithful and they're not. And they speak just like the world system. Be the church. This, if 2020 showed us nothing, it shook off the loose people who were not really interested in the church. They were willing. I, I, we have people here at Hope Church that have not attended in two years mm. because of fear of I'm going to get COVID. Well, isn't COVID under the name of Jesus? When he died on the cross, wasn't COVID a part of that, even though it didn't have a name yet? Right. Sickness and disease was under the name of Jesus, everything that he took care of. So step, stand up for what the word of God is saying and not be a coward because the Bible for this will also die in their sins and go to hell because of fear, worry, and doubt. They're calling God a liar. When you mm-hmm. fear what the world is telling you, that means you're calling God a liar and say he can't do this. Oh, yeah. the the you know, COVID is stronger than Jesus. No, nope. you know, but you'll go to church and and you'll go to the bank and you'll go everywhere else. You'll visit your friends and family, but you're still wearing a mask in church. It, it, it's stupid because you're saying, "Hey, look, I don't trust you." You know, it, it's got to be the people in church. It couldn't be the people on the job, though, right? right. It couldn't be anywhere else but the church. You're not thinking godly in that in that regard. You're not thinking kingdom thinking. Yeah. But I did hear it said uh, that uh, there's nothing new about that because people have been wearing a master church for decades. <laughs> ah. Very good. Very good. Very good. Yes. There are a lot of phonies out there. Definitely. Well, uh, Ted, it's been an honor to have you on. I encourage everyone to uh, find your website, crossingjordanentertainment.com. Check out the book. Uh, check out uh, the um, the clips of uh, The Sinister Truth. And uh, just uh, uh, we also appreciate uh, your better half for joining us. And uh, she uh, says, high five. I think that might be to the last uh, comment about the mask at church. 
Uh, but Cece, thank you so much for uh, for joining us tonight. Uh, Ted, I'll let you go so you can go sing to your lady, and then uh, you can have a good night together. <laughs> thank you, Dave. Um, Appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. No show next week. We're going to take uh, Boxing Day off. Uh, <laughs> uh, actually, because of Christmas. But uh, uh, everyone, have a blessed Christmas. Have a, a blessed New Year. And we will see you in 2023. Thanks for joining us here on Gifts for Glory. And we'll talk to you uh, next year. Yeah.